Woo. Welcome to uh, Conversations of the Heart. Um, gonna have a special guest joining me, uh, an incredible person. Just gonna wait for Stoner to tap in to get this conversation going. Hope you guys enjoy it. Um, this is something that uh, we always do. We have private conversations all the time on the phone, so um, you know this is years of conversation. So we just kind of want to bring those conversations uh, to live and uh, hope that it helps people, inspires people, um, and get that going. So I'm just gonna wait for Stoner to tap in here. For her to join. Nadia, what's going on? Vance, what's up, bro? Lisa, what's up? She has arrived. Wait, I'm gonna wait for the queen to come on board. Hi. Queen, what's going on with you? Hey, how are you? Good, good, good. Appreciate you doing this. Um, you know, I thought about you know a good way uh, or a special way um, to introduce you. Um, I don't know. Um, so I guess I'll start, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you can hear it, but it's, it's going to come in in a second. I think you'll recognize it. I don't know if you can hear it. I don't know if you can hear it, but if you can, I'll try to ramble off some of your accolades right now. Stoner. You are co-founder of Voices Inc. You are a board member of I Hold the Key Inc. And mind you, I have to read it because the list is long. Uh, you are a member of the Society of Human Resource Management. You are a member of the National Association of African Americans and Human Resources. You are also a member of the New York Urban League of Young Professionals. You are also a member of the American Ballet Theater Junior League. You are also a member of the Opera Guild an affiliate of the Junior Achievement Association for of New York. You are an affiliate of the American Cancer Society. Uh, you got your master's in public administration, concentration in human management, human resources management, and management operations. You also have your bachelor's concentrating in criminal justice, minoring in law. So with that said, that was the best introduction that I could possibly give you. Um, that's the best possible one. Um, but above all those accolades, you know, um, the accolades are cool and all. But the best accolade that, that you could absolutely have is to be an incredible human being. Uh, you are a great person, um, an incredible soul. Um, I appreciate you as a friend, as a queen that you are. I appreciate what you do. Um, in this world, you are a philanthropist, uh, a diversity advocate, an HR executive, a speaker, your friend. I do love you, man. Um, thank you for everything 
from the bottom of my heart, thank you for doing this here with me. Um, the list was long, um, so I felt that was the most appropriate way to introduce you. So again, thank you for doing this with me, um, Conversations of the Heart. Uh, we do this all the time, um, you know, so we're just going to give the people just kind of what, what, what we talk about on a regular basis, man. Um, so thank you. If you want to tell, give, tell people about yourself, where they can find you, um, and go from there. Yeah, um, no, thanks to you. Thanks to you for being brave and stepping out in the arena and really taking the charge to have these conversations. I know we speak often and we share a lot, and um, I think it's really important that people get to understand some of what you're speaking. So I really look forward to often and always really listening on the, the calls that you have. So thank you for the esteemed pleasure of being able to join and um, learn, listen, hear, and share um, with you today. Um, so yes, that was, it sounded like a long list, and I was like, "Wow, okay, let's stop now." Um, yeah, that's a that is a grocery list from Costco right there. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but thank you for that. I'm really um, pleased to be here, and I'm um, really looking forward to sharing, hoping that folks would gain something from what we shared today um, with, with with our conversation. So, and I don't know. I just want to say this out here. I know there are some topics that were listed. I am unsure yeah. where he's going to take this. And just because we often have many conversations surrounding many different topics. Um, and so I am all ears and ready. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know how we're going to keep this under or at an hour. Um, but, I mean, we'll try our best. If, if, if they want us to go longer, then I guess if you have the time, then, then we'll we start the live at 8 o'clock. Um, if not, then maybe we could do a part two. Um, so, and speaking of accolades um i kind of want to to oh see see this right here is water it's in a red cup but it's you know i'm not as classy uh as you yet mm. um so philanthropy um talk to me about your nonprofit that you co-own yeah so um you know I'll, I'll start with that from a very very young age i don't know exactly when but i just um I had a fervor to, and I still say today, and it, it resonates deep within, to leave the world better than I found it in some way, shape, mm -hmm. or And um, that, that's where that kind of came from. And uh, Voices, Voices Inc. started at John Jay. Shout out to all my John Jay folks. Um, mm -hmm. with, with Deborah, who I think is on um, right now. And um, the big story of it was that, you know, we're in college. We don't have a ton of funds. But we wanted to do something to help many of these causes that we saw. A lot of these things... Um, like breast cancer, AIDS, all these pieces, we had friends and family, um, people at school who did have relatives or themselves who suffered from. So the fervor there was really to see what we could do as um, voices together, right? What can we do all right. together without having um, a lot of funding? And so we started the grassroots fundraising efforts by just um, going after for money, you know, donations, thanks to all yeah. of friends and partners. Um, as we started to just do a lot of afterworks to, to earn funds for that and show up and walk and you know we had like 13 people at one point it was like 50 different people walking in, in central park for breast cancer and so we continue to do that and it's continued to evolve to now where you know we we've gone around the boroughs and westchester and you know got clothes and taken it to shelters we've done uh, feeding the homeless try to do that every year um and, and especially yeah. at help um help usa shelter in blake avenue in brooklyn so we continue to uh -huh. do a lot of work um, around, and we'll look to expand that um, soon when we're safely able to do so outside. But we're actually just speaking about doing some like um, 
clothing drivers, things of that nature. So that's Voices. Mm -hmm. It's really an opportunity for any persons who are interested in um, joining our voice, um, mm -hmm. our voices to really do what we can to help the world be better than we found it. So. Perfect. And where can people donate? Donations can be made via PayPal at current, um, you know, voices, team voices at gmail.com. That's who we are. Um, and donations can be made there. We're looking to broaden our reach um, for any person mm -hmm. who's interested. Certainly feel free to reach me, um, DM me, ping me, what mm -hmm. have you. Um, but uh, we look forward to sharing more as we go through mm -hmm. our reach. Good. So I used to work in the nonprofit sector myself. Um, and, uh, you know, I used to, to do a lot of training classes and teach training courses on uh, em employment and job readiness training um, and creating curriculums um, behind that. And one of the biggest things that was kind of jaw-dropping for, for me was that I kind of took um, I kind of took advantage of, like, just saying, hey, like, I thought everybody knew kind of how to go in and, and do a resume, kind of how to go in and do an interview. And... And I and I was very shocked that when I went in to to do these things to, to to do these classes that people really didn't know how to pass an interview. They didn't know um, what to put, what not to put on a, a resume. A lot of uh, people didn't even know uh, where to start with a resume. Right? Um, didn't know about a reference letter. Didn't know about a lot of these things. You know. So I was just like, wow. It kind of it, it kind of shocked me a lot, you know? So when you talk about somebody like yourself, right? And, you know, of course, being a philanthropist, but also you being so successful in the corporate world, um, you know, and navigating those waters, um, especially, um, you know, for black people um, and women of color, especially, um, like what kind of advice or like would you give about navigating those waters of, of the corporate world? Um, that's, that's a great, great question and a great point to, to really hone in on. Near and dear to me, um, not unlike yourself, even, even just uh, folks I meet every day and just at random, there is a real lack of clarity or understanding of just how to make that entry. Like you said, yeah. on a resume, what's that look like? There's a lot of um, misinformation out there, people unclear about what to add, what not to add, what to include, the length of it. So, you know, really feel like it's a good opportunity to continue to share that information to say, no, your resume does not need to be one page, right? Don't do right. service. Um, mm -hmm. Really to think through, well, how do you format that? We have things like Word, thankful for Google, um, that mm -hmm. a lot of that information, but you yeah. know, if you're really looking for a, a role or continued growth in the um, corporate arena, it really is a good idea to speak to a person who's a professional who could help you with your resume. Um, mm -hmm. As a black female navigating yes. through the corporate arena. Um, there are many, many, many challenges. And I say that because not long ago, I was consistently speaking to myself saying, you know, um, there are a lot of these influences, a lot of groups out there that are really uh, cultivated for creatives. And I'll put that in quotes because I have yeah. um, creatives and entrepreneurs, especially women of color, right? And so you mm -hmm. see a lot of fervor and a lot of work around that. But what I had mm -hmm. to really find or see is a space for young black females to really help cultivate a tribe of sorts, really, to think through some of the challenges that we, we found um, and how we've navigated through it. And I've had young women come and ask me that question. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be in a position where 
I'm often, you know, able to meet a lot of young black females because I am sitting in a, in a career field of HR where I'm mm -hmm. often meeting many people. And there's really that question, where's the support? Where's, where's that conversation about, you know, how do I speak to a promotion? How do I find out how to be promoted? How do I, mm -hmm. you know, assert that my worth is X or my worth is Y? Right. How do I ask for an increase? What does that look like? I don't think I'm mm -hmm. being paid well. How do I begin to understand what the right pay is? And often people say things like, um, make sure you know your worth or you should know your worth. And mm -hmm. that makes sense and then it doesn't, right? Um, right. Because we're invaluable. You don't really put a worth on a person right. in that And so mm -hmm. I break it down to have people understand, really, a salary is truly a culmination of a value of that seat. It's really a pay mm -hmm. for that function to happen. So when you're thinking about what should I be paid, it's really first, what are they willing to pay for that work to be done? What does that look mm -hmm. like? Um, and when you ascertain that, then how you show up in work every day, what you do, the value that you personally add to that is what calls for mm -hmm. that increase. So navigating that, that conversation is really tough for many people. And um, I've often offered a lot of advice to say a few things. One, don't assume that somebody knows. Don't wait for mm -hmm. somebody to say, hey, you, you know, I think you should get an increase that tell them right. happens. Um, mm -hmm. In your conversations, very, very comfortably, you can ask for a conversation with your superior, right? Simply mm -hmm. saying, you know, I have some questions. I'd really like to understand where I stand and I'm well placed in my position. I'd like to discuss that with you. And when you go into mm -hmm. that conversation, really have your information with you and, and not making it so personal, like I need, I should, but really saying this role calls for these things. And here's, right. what I do, and here's the value add with the other things that I do. And in light of that, I really do believe that my pay should be increased by X and know what you're right. paying for. Um, not really sitting there and just thinking through, well, what should I you know, be paid? But come in knowing what that looks like, coming with research. Um, people mm -hmm. often would come to me and say, I looked on salary.com or I looked on this. And those are not reputable sources. You can find information even on the Department of Labor um, website. But you have to think through there. There are many different companies who have many different titles and the role can be very different. And so that's not mm -hmm. always the true source of things, but really thinking through doing a market study, looking at many different places to see what does that pay really look like in this particular mm -hmm. location? Because these things are also driven by market, right? The pay in New York City is going to be very different than the pay you get in Buffalo, for example. Yep. Um, there are different markets. So really understanding or getting that education, being learned is always going to be helpful and coming with mm -hmm. It's always going right. to be around. So when you're able to sit here and say, as a person of color, I don't feel I'm fairly paid. And we know that. That happens. That's mm -hmm. a fact. Um, but here's what I have to offer, right? I've done the research and I found that, on average, this role pays this much. Um, here's what I do in my role today. And here's what I add to that. And as such, mm -hmm. I do believe that I should be paid at this space. If you're denied in that way, you have clear documentation to show that. Walk away and right. that email. Thank you for that conversation. Just want to recap what we shared and this is what we walked away with so that you're able mm -hmm. to if ever needed to speak to exactly what you what you brought to the table um so it's mm -hmm. things such as those that i find um folks are very unclear about what to do and it's really not limited to to the black females but i think um what i'm yearning to do and i have a fervor to do is um to really build that network of young black professional women who can not just be mentors because it's, it's that separation of mentors and sponsors and you know we've spoken about that um, but to provide mm -hmm. that path of how do you do this or how to think about this as you come up into this space so that you can grow even faster than we have. Mm -hmm. so. Perfect. That's dope, man. And so I, I think a lot of this conversation has to continue because in our co community, I feel that a lot of times we 
we overwork ourselves to try to prove our worth. And because there, because there is a stigma, you know, that we have to work 10 times harder and we have just this much rope to mess up. Right. And so a lot of times you don't want to ask, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to be bold enough to ask, Oh, Hey, you know, let, like, let's talk about this race because what if they don't give it to me? And then they might, you know, target me and, and things like that. Like, like there's a lot of things that, that go on in the workplace, especially for black people. Right. And that affects their mental health. Like they'll kill themselves working 14, 15, 16 hour days to prove their worth. Not understanding that sometimes you got to work smarter, not harder. And that, and that's a big thing. Like when I go in and I do these workshops and, and they at a job that they just, maybe just don't even like right but they're just like no but i have to prove myself i'm afraid of my boss you know so like and that plays a big role and and a lot of times just hey my mental health is here right every day i'm going into this job i hate i deserve this amount of pay but i don't feel like i can go in and ask this question and i don't feel like i can go in and have these conversations um because they feel less than yeah that's huge that's huge and part and parcel to everything. So first, <clears throat> I, I like to remind myself and everyone, um, know thyself. And I say that often, right? So mm -hmm. you had this, so you probably know where I'm going with this. Yep. We have been socially, psychologically conditioned, especially mm -hmm. color, to yep. feel less than. I refuse yep. to allow anyone to call me a minority. I refuse mm -hmm. to be labeled as anything that is inferior or anything denoted to that piece. Period. I will not allow that into my energy space. Um, yeah. Know thyself, really, for me, truly does mean when I look at our young men and women to say, mm -hmm. understand where you come from, and not that you began with slavery, right? I was fortunate right. um, to have my dad, um, being a professor, share with me things of, you know, African culture way before slavery began to speak. Right. And who's on now? Who speaks? to me often about just that, the kings and queens, the math mm -hmm. science created, the money, the pieces my dad shared with me when I was, I don't even know how old, um, that Socrates learned um, in Africa and how they don't share that history with us. So I understood that I came from a lineage that was amazing, amazing. Mm -hmm. And even mm -hmm. from that still, right? To understand if, if we don't have that much um, energies into that space, to then understand that, mm -hmm. um, we come from the loins of people who suffered through a brutal transition over the Atlantic right. Ocean, hurricanes mm -hmm. and everything, right? Um, mm -hmm. Made it on these ships who laid next to people who were dying, hackers, all kinds of challenges that we cannot even imagine and survived that to make it here to this new space, this new land. Right. Then survived that space with the diseases, the different foods, um, then being forced to, you know, reduce themselves beyond their culture to adapt to a new one. And out of mm -hmm. all of that, then slavery and all that came with it. And that's what we come from. Like, we right. are the strongest of the strongest. And mm -hmm. that says a lot. Um, I think a lot of people, when going in to ask questions about, you know, the things that they need. Um, and I thought this one time, I had a conversation with a, <clears throat> a manager of mine one time. And I said, you know, I was very, very candid. I do feel that I have to work 10 times to just get through. And we had right. a very open discussion about that. And she hadn't realized that. She said, you know, it's always just seems that you're doing everything. And it's that that's what it seems that has to happen. Um, right. And that's true. That's true. We don't get simply recognized. So right. when I'm in my 
speak that I have now, I am often, if not always, shining a light. I am mm -hmm. creating change and saying in the organization I work for now, you know, there isn't a promotion system. It's really just managers saying they want to promote. I refuse. Mm -hmm. I refuse to have that. I need a lens to understand where are diverse candidates, right? Is mm -hmm. that even something you think about? Are you recognizing mm -hmm. the talent in your organization, absent of the ones who look like you? Because we know neuroscience tells us that if you have a brain, you have a bias. We all have biases. Um, mm -hmm. and to own that and to speak to that, but it's to say I'm shining a light on that so we could do different and be different. And so mm -hmm. we somehow have to be charged to, while we're asking to open the door, we need to then also walk in boldly. I right. own this. I belong mm -hmm. here. I work hard. I, mm -hmm. I need this and I should get it. Um, but I think a lot of it is the lack of confidence on just even how to yep. get that approach, which is why I'm saying mm -hmm. it's super important for us to have those networks and to build those networks to be able to get right. some of the benefits that we don't have. Mm -hmm. And I think even for, for myself, in every company I've, I've been in since I was probably the age of, of 17, I've brought my friends and people of color with me in every single company I've been into. And so even when I left, now they can go in and, and do the same. So I think it's also about just um, opening doors for our own people as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so making sure that you say, hey, listen, I got you in, but you make sure that now you do the same for others too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I think we're um, too often afraid to do that, right? I, I mm -hmm. hear that sometimes. And interestingly enough, just, just last week, I had to deal with a young lady who reached me and said, um, you know, if she's afraid, she feels like it's reverse discrimination, right? This, this, this young lady. No, I'm like, kidding about that. Uh, really not understanding. <laughs> the unique opportunity to, to one, educate, two, listen, mm -hmm. to educate yeah mm -hmm. for that space. I think um, what I hear often as well and I'm a big proponent of just that open the door so that everyone can come in I shouldn't feel comfortable being the the only black female there right in too many rooms I'm the only black female and the only young black female mm -hmm. the only black person yep. too often um, I have a, a duty to myself I hold myself accountable to create more space for others others who yep, like me too. don't have that mm -hmm. or, or don't have um the information enough on how to make it there. And it's not for everyone. Right. There are a lot of people mm -hmm. taking just direction on how to do that. Um, so I think mm -hmm. it's incredibly important that we continue to create those networks and to have those conversations on, you know, what mm -hmm. you're challenged with, right? Everyone is different. Mm -hmm. but what is your challenge in making that, that shift into that space? Because it, it's not, it can be done, right? Um, mm -hmm. Many of us are doing it and it can be done, but we always to, to send our hand back and say, let me pull you mm -hmm. through. Yeah. Yep. And so with everything that, that we just said, um, you know, from, you know, communicating with our bosses, right, and com communicating with our coworkers and our supervisors and upper management, right? Now, in our community, I, I feel like there's a big breakdown in communication, right? Now, that can start from when you're a little boy, a little girl, you know what I'm saying? And I'll say that even for young boys, our black boys, right? Um, I hear all the time, you know, Terrence, Men don't know how to communicate, right? So the thing is, I, I was taught at a very young age that it's very important for me specifically as, as a black boy to learn how to communicate and communicate effectively because it can help me as a teenager, in school, on the job, in the boardrooms, talking to your bosses when you're looking for this raise, like when you're looking um, for promotion, Right, you have to learn how to communicate and communicate effectively at a very young age. Um, 
And, you know, I say black boys because, you know, I always feel like women, um, they got the blueprint at a very early age on how to com communicate and communicate clearly and effectively, right? Um, they're encouraged to talk. They're encouraged to express. They're encouraged, you know, to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? And, and it's very telling for me b because whenever I do um, some, some of these uh, workshops and these, these training classes for self-help and self-love and things like that, you know who's in there? 97% women. And then you might have a boyfriend in there who got dragged in there by their girlfriend or their mama. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, man, you know, um, there, there's a stigma when it comes to men, when it comes to communication yeah. and expression and self-love. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that that is something that is a narrative that we have to change because it's like, hey, com communication, if you talk too much, it's feminine. Everything is feminine, right? And, and that's a fear for men. But that okay? we have to learn how to teach our young boys how to communicate more effectively at a very young age and give them permission to. Because you can't complain about them being 25 and don't know how to communicate when they never had the permission to communicate at five. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think by the time they're 25, they have 20 years with the built-up anger, aggression, pent-up everything just within here and don't know how to release it. But then now you expect him to know how to communicate, but he was never given the permission to. So, um, you know, that to me, I'm very passionate about that. I know. Let's, let's unpack that a little bit, right? So, one, you, said, you mentioned a couple of different things here that I think can be packaged and pa parceled together to a point. Yeah. Um, firstly, I think I, I, I saw a lot of people did, did highlight that, that yes, the big portion of communication is effective communication. What does it of mean course. look like to communicate effectively? So that's, that's one piece and we'll get into that. Um, but even thinking through, let's talk about these young men, that these young boys yeah. passionate mm -hmm. about. Um, yeah. And you, I know you've, you've heard me say that or, or seen me even write that. We have to really work on ensuring that we validate feelings and emotions. Yes. And um, we do that often to our little girls and boys, right? Be quiet, don't speak. The, the things that we say are not really being clear on the messages that we're sending and what's being received. Mm -hmm. that they're not always mm -hmm. one and the same. What's intended to be sent is not what's always received and goes back to the communication. Um, and so really ensuring, and I've always said this, if and so much that I'm blessed to have a young king. Um, it's really that education of understanding that, one, I don't, I am here to teach you and help shape you, right? I say mm -hmm. and I give myself permission and I need for, for a young man to understand that he has to give himself permission, he has to stand up um, and be able to speak and sharing what that really looks like and how to do that appropriately and inappropriately and what that means. Um, how are our as Lisa is so pointedly speaking to how our fathers speak to that is one thing. And then there's that crucial piece of the feminine, right? Mm -hmm. why, yep. does that, why does that sit in such a negative connotation, right? Mm -hmm. as beings, as human beings, we do both have the, pol the polarizing pieces of ourselves are the masculine and the, the feminine. We have them, right. right? We have both of these energies. And it's to say, how we... How can we do better in embracing that? How can we do better mm -hmm. in teaching that? That that is safe, that is valid. Emotion is healthy. Emotion mm -hmm. to be had. Anger, upset, happy. Mm -hmm. All emotions are healthy. 
what we're not doing or doing a disservice to ourselves and to our children is teaching them how to channel that emotion, what mm -hmm. to do with that right. emotion, build with it, and how to carry mm -hmm. it forward. So for the young right. man who is unclear about how to communicate, because you know what? He's having a feeling. He's having this feeling, and yep. he's not sure what to do with it. And so he mm -hmm. doesn't know how to add, put words to it. One, we are not often um, arming ourselves and even our, our children with the words enough to truly describe what their experience is. We limit mm -hmm. our really just words like, I am sad or I'm happy. Am I confused? Like really infusing to say, help, let me help you get to what is that emotion that you're truly feeling, that you're truly experiencing. And then we can work to figure out, well, how do you challenge mm -hmm. that best? So we're not, we're not doing the best job at that. And so we find out right. Um, you know, I often quote Renee, I'm at the school of Miss Renee Brown, and understanding that um, vulnerability, mm -hmm. vulnerability is at the crest of power. Right? Mm -hmm. And so whenever you have to do something that requires your bravery, it requires you to be vulnerable. It requires you, right. to, up. It requires you to face the risk. And so mm -hmm. we're, we, we, we have to start learning to embrace that part of ourselves because yep. it's where our character begins. Mm -hmm. That's where we're doing a disservice to. Right. And, and I would say that communication, expression, and vulnerability is power. And I also feel that we're raising our boys in an Amazon generation with a Toys R Us mindset. You know what I'm saying? And where's Toys R Us? They're gone. They're out of business. Like, we've, we've got to be able to teach our boys to, to be multifaceted. And, and, and that's the thing. Because this plays a role in how they grow up and have relationships as well, whether that be friendships, romantic because truthfully it's like all right i'm a boy i i don't know how to communicate my my value system tells me that everything is about money my, my value system says i need to go out and provide right and be the hustler and make and make the money right it's like oh and then once i get the money i get the power and i get the women so and then it becomes of how many women that i can sleep with right so so to me it's the fact of we really have to get to a point, right? Like we have to get to a point where we teach our boys that, that communication is valuable. Expression is valuable. Vulnerability, all those things should be a part of your arsenal. So when you go out into the world, you know how to, like, you know how to be more than just one way. Because in this, in this world that we're living in, women are making a lot, you know, a lot of money, right? Sometimes you may not be the breadwinner. If you are, great. But... If you are not, do you know how to how to act in that relationship, right? Do you, do you know how to walk in that path, right? Because a lot of times, how do you show huh? up in relationship? How do you show up in relationship if what what you've been taught and what you understand is that your value in relationship to a female is is money? How do you show yep. up in a relationship when you're not clear and keen on understanding that your entire being is valuable? How do you show up mm -hmm. in relationship when it wasn't really stressed, taught, or even expected of you to really build good character. How do you right. show a relationship if you don't have the foundations of what it is to be a good person? How do you show right. a relationship when you have, you know, an, an understanding rather than the overstanding of how to love yourself and knowing who you right. are? How mm -hmm. are we ensuring that our young boys becoming men, princes and kings, how do we ensure that we are taking you on that journey to become that. How are we as women doing that? And what are our men, our kings doing to do that? What's right. that look like? 
Mm-hmm. And and also, we really have to get to a point where we say that um, that providing isn't only isn't only financial, right? I think because some women don't need you to finance them. Some women need you to be present. They need you to do different. Well, we already know you, but. <laughs> but we need you to be present. We need you to be there. We need you to, to listen, to be a, you know what I mean? To, to be a, a short of the cry on, you know what I'm saying? Like these are, there's many different things that you could provide in a relationship, yeah. right? Yeah. Beyond just the finances. And even if you are the breadwinner, it does not mean that you can't be multifaceted. It doesn't mean that it means that you could provide the finances. Yes. But then you have to still be able to do, a plus B plus C and D. Just like women can, can, can be the, the breadwinner. They can take care of home too. They can communicate. Like there's, there's a lot of these different things that I feel. Think about, huh? Think about this for a second. When mm-hmm. we speak of women can do, women, speaking for, for women as a whole, this is me being bold mm-hmm. here, right? Um, we were put in position to then in oftentimes enough in spaces to have to, right? And so mm-hmm. there's a scary space of now young men who, as, as Apley said there, who um, weren't taught how to express themselves emotionally because they were taught that emotions were weakness, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're in a society where you have on average that more females are graduating from college, more females are mm-hmm. getting into the corporate arena. And so when you find that more, more females, and I'm speaking more so to the black community even, um, are finding themselves in positions of being breadwinner, where is his space? What does that look like? And so again, mm-hmm. begs the question to say, how am I teaching you to show up as your whole self? What I haven't given you permission or taught you what it means to be your whole self. So now, is there not a fervor to want to have to find it, right? Because right. a lot of what you're speaking to, especially as far as the females and being able to do different things, it's not, a lot of females weren't taught to do these things. Like, you know, we're mm-hmm. taught right. to necessarily go out there and be the breadwinner, but understood back against the wall, this is what I'm left to do, I have to do, I am doing right. it. I, Mm-hmm. Now you have, you know, a culture where that, that seems to be the norm now because it's happened over time. Because it's happened over time. What's not mm-hmm. happened over time is where you had the men, some men shift from being able to be breadwinner and just being lost and not sure about, well, where is my place? What does that right. look like? Right. So how mm-hmm. do we now attend to that? That has happened because it's happening more. It's happening more. It's happening mm-hmm. more and more. What are we doing to attend to that piece? Right. And, th- and then what happens when, when you don't know how to, how to move in that type of a relationship, then you get angry and you take your anger out on your partner. Right. And I think that's, that's the frustrating part because a lot of women are, are like, you're like, I can't speak to him. Right. I can't talk to him. Like he's angry. I am the breadwinner. I make the money, but to him, he feels, he doesn't feel valued. He doesn't feel like, like he is valued because he doesn't. Who owns that? Hmm? Who owns that? Oh, we have to own it. And I'm asking, and I'm asking because I think I think there's opportunity on both ends, right? And I, and yeah. Soundly to that, in saying that, I don't, I don't own the responsibility of a man to be a man, feel a man, and do a man. Of I, course. I don't teach that, right? But I, I, I do own a responsibility for my relationship, for my partner creates to create space for them to exist mm-hmm. in a healthy way, right? Right. So that is that means not sitting here showing up my quote unquote money in their face and and really trying to show up to right. them, but at the same time, it doesn't require that I limit myself to be smaller to accommodate. Right. So right. we find that we have, and again, going right back to that communication, are we having mm-hmm. that open communication? Is, is my person, my partner, um, 
able to sit here and have dialogue with me in safe space? Does that person feel safe to really share with me the challenges of what they're yeah. experiencing? Or, or am I here to help that process? It's a really interesting dance that we right. find ourselves doing. I, I don't pretend right. to have the answer, but I spend mm -hmm. time thinking through a lot of that. Right, and it's up to us not to self-sabotage our relationship, right? I think a lot of times, like when, like when you're in this space, you'll, you'll end up self-sabotaging a good thing just because you, you, you're not the financial breadwinner and because you don't know how to move in this particular situation because you're one-track minded, you know? So I think it is up to us to, to not self-sabotage too. Um, and then also to really understand life, like the life. And with life, there are ups and downs. Like one minute, like you, you could be up here li living life and having the grandest of, of lives, but life is crazy and life can take you through a whole bunch of ups and downs and arounds. And yeah, it can land, like one day you, you could be up here and the next day that you could be down here. You know what I'm saying? Especially like when you're dealing with jobs, you know what I'm saying? I know so many people that were laid off of corporate America, big banks, you know, making $200,000 a year and it's gone, right? Yeah. And your life just turns upside down. So I think it's not about always, oh, I have to be, I have to be this. I have to, no, it's learning how to adjust to the situation that you're right. in so and continue to try to be great. With, with now, with, with what's happened with COVID, so many different things um, that have happened. And when you speak about the joblessness that we've experienced in this space and thinking uh -huh. about it, if, if a man's value for himself is so caught yep. up in his work and he's unable to provide at this time, what does that look like in a time that's already stressful? What does that bring to a relationship? What challenges uh -huh. does that bring to a relationship? If so many. Right? Because even, even when you speak to it and we say, He's not the breadwinner. But what if he is the breadwinner? What if he is? Mm -hmm. And what if now mm -hmm. he isn't, right? Where right. all of what's happened, the situations that we found ourselves in with, with COVID causes that he isn't. Now what? Right. What does that look right. like? That really goes back to, okay, if he wasn't given that information, where, where do we now think through the responsibility of himself to be his best self, to get into the right. and to really get the understanding of, how do I do that? How do I show up as my best self? And mm -hmm. is there space enough for this in this world? Have we created safe space enough for men to really go back and peel mm -hmm. the layers to really now decide? Because I, I found for me, um, I say this often to my friends, they're probably tired of hearing me say these things, but um, you know, we, we spend much of our lives being told who to be and how to be. Yep. And at some mm. point, and I'm in my 30s still, right? In our 30s, I, I find, in my experience anyway, you then get a fervor and a responsibility to decide, right? Like, I know I was taught these things. I know mm -hmm. these things served me, but do they serve me now, right? Because mm -hmm. I get to decide. I'm a full adult. I get to decide who I am and how I show up in this world. And I right. have the responsibility to, to find the things that I need to be my whole self, the best self. So in deciding mm -hmm. who am I choosing to be, how am I choosing to show up in the world? I have decisions to make on how to get clear, get clear, yep. and create space for that. And so often mm -hmm. we find that we, we're not taking all the responsibilities for ourselves in that space because we're too busy mm -hmm. living in what we've been told and taught to do. In the right. And, and that's kind of where we go with the societal pressures, you know, um, for men and women of what they think that we should be. That can come from your family, um, your friends, uh, TV, whatever the case is, right? I feel like with society, 
they put a lot of pressure on what you should have by a certain age, right? For, for, for men, it's, it's about the money, it's about the job, the career, things like that. For women, it's about are you married yet and how many women that you could bear? I mean, excuse me, how, how many children that you could bear, excuse me. Um, and to me, those are very unfair things, you know, especially for women. You know, I, I hear people, you know, like people like aunts and cousins, oh, so when you're going to have a kid, when you're going to get married? And it's just like, whoa, like, like, time out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know that concerned you, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, and then even when you get one thing, let's just say if you get married, then it's like, okay, so when you're going to pop out a kid? And it's just like, there's a lot of things that's insensitive and actually could mess with people's mental health because that's, that's really huge. Because I've had friends that have had multiple miscarriages. They're trying for children, right? And they can't. Right. And now you got your grandmother, your mother, your aunt, your cousins. It's like, oh, so when you're going to give me my grandbaby? When you're going to give me my kid? And it's very, it comes from, from a selfish mindset and it's unfair. And you don't know what you're doing to the people that you say <laughs> that you love. Right. And that to me is, is, does a disservice and it creates this, 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 a this dysfunctional generational rhetoric. So and I love the old school, but sometimes they're, Rhetoric is is creating a lot of dysfunction and mental health issues in our communities too. Let's talk about that then, right? So the mental health piece, and I, you know me, I like to to really wrap around the emotional health because I do find a, a great distinction between the two, right? Emotional mm -hmm. is part yes. of mental health, but it is its own separate arena in of itself. Um, yes. So the narrative that you shared, in fact, in speaking mm -hmm. to just that, right, um, and, and really sitting, I sit in it, right, in understanding. Mm -hmm. the, the noise that you might hear and certainly i think um when you think about your emotional health and what that means to you and what that looks like i find i created space i don't i don't get a lot of that in my family they know better mm -hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> creating creating that aura that there are particular things that i will not allow and it's not particular people it's particular things and so mm -hmm. particular narratives that you are proponing this narrative you're not allowed to have that in my space it's not safe for me mm -hmm. and so it's right. disallowed and, and while it's not done in a harmful way, right, the expectations that are set, it really forces us to go back into ourselves, into our choosing now. Because you know what, um, the way the world is and with the information superhighway, and I find, for me personally, Instagram is not always the most healthy thing. <laughs> of course. Yeah. All the pictures and, and all the et cetera's, and before mm -hmm. you know it, what you're allowing um, into your space can have a real direct impact on your, your thinking and thoughts mm -hmm. become things, right? And so right. be mindful of that. Um, there's, there's some that you can do in creating that space to ensure that people understand what you will allow, what you will not allow. And we have that responsibility, mm -hmm. again, to ourselves to create that. Yes. But often don't mm -hmm. find that we, we are able to, for whatever nope. our being, right? To step boldly and say, that's inappropriate, right? And I mm -hmm. get to say that <laughs> to a person, to say that's yeah. inappropriate and I will, not, I will not allow for that to happen or really, really staying away from that. Because um, until we start doing that, then we're exposing ourselves to hurt. And the challenge, especially about emotional pain, it's so very mm -hmm. different than physical pain where we know that, you know, you get peroxide, you put a Band-Aid, and so you have a yep. plan, right? So many mm -hmm. of us have been left to conduct our own surgeries on ourselves for these emotional hurts that we've been carrying from childhood mm -hmm. throughout, from the notes that we hear, the triggers that happen, right? So, you know, I'm mm -hmm. digging into what is my habit what is my action and where is that really coming from 
Where's that mm -hmm. feeling coming from? Because I often find that it's a testament to a feeling that we felt at some point. And now yep. anytime feeling comes about because of an action, now we're, re we're going back to that habit, uh, that unhealthy habit. So really thinking through all of these things that are often thrown on us from friends, from families, from social media, et cetera. Mm -hmm. How do we protect ourselves in that space? And that only space is the ownership that we have to ourselves to create healthy boundaries for what we'll allow and what we will disallow. And it's not about people. It's really about the things. Right. And I, I think a lot of times it's harder for some people to create those boundaries with family because they don't want to, um, you know, hurt somebody's feelings or, you know, especially, especially if it's grandmother or, or mother or, you know, or something like that. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's so hard, but it has to be such a real thing because you know what? If I love me so much and I have a duty to myself mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. me and continue to grow to be that as I can be, if I yep. it to just certain people, I'm still allowing that toxicity to enter in. And I have to exactly. stop that at any time, anytime I read this quote someplace, right? Anytime that we're about to say something or do something or show up somewhere and we're thinking, you know what, I don't want them to think or I don't want them to feel, we are mm -hmm. not allowing ourselves to show up as our full selves. We're not right. expressing who we are. And so we're diminishing mm -hmm. parts of ourselves every time we do that. And rather than mm -hmm. doing that and saying, I want to be responsible in ensuring that they receive this in the best way possible, because I don't own your right. feeling. I cannot, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, listen, I sit in... in HR, and so I'm, I'm often terminating people, I, and I do it more often than I'd like, but I know that mm -hmm. I own that feeling. I know that, that mm -hmm. I own how I deliver it, right? So I can be mm -hmm. responsible with that piece, but I cannot own how you feel. I can only own mm -hmm. that I can be responsible in what I share. And so we, we have mm -hmm. to get bold and courageous and vulnerable. Yes. Really um, standing up for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Owning that piece. Um. And that's powerful uh, to me is because I'm on the same wave as you because I love me. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I love me. And you're, you're not going to get but so close, you know what I'm saying, as far as your toxicity. You, you see what I'm saying? Um, and so you can't project what you want for your life on me. But, but don't right? you do that all the time? So many parents I hear all the time, and that's, that's really something that, that I think often, right? Who say, mm -hmm. I want my child to have everything I didn't, as if to say their child is the exact replica of them. Like, yep. I am not mom, right? And mm -hmm. so, and, and that, that we're different in, in, in much, many ways. But for me, for example, um, and I'm going to speak about my sister, I know she's on here. <laughs> we're very different people. And if my mm -hmm. mom led with, I'm going to give them everything I didn't have, rather than... Mm -hmm. I'm going to ensure that I build great character in these little humans that I have to ensure that right. I'm ready for this world that they're about to face. And where mm -hmm. I know Stoner, for example, you know, I'm the one who wants to be left alone. I'm not really necessarily interested in getting the pat on the back or you did well or what have you. Um, mm -hmm. There may be the one who, who needs more of that to understand the individuality and what that really right. calls for and what that needs. Mm -hmm. Rather than just making this decision that, you know what? I know what I didn't get. My mom didn't do this. My dad didn't do this. And so I'm going to absolutely do this for my child. And, and then that's not what the child really needs. And so I think we right. often do that with ourselves and with others, mm -hmm. really making these assessments for what is that really isn't. Right. And, and then also kind of living vicariously through your child and trying to get them, you know, it's like you said, just trying to get them to have things that, that you wanted that you couldn't achieve or that you just didn't achieve. 
Um, and all of that stuff um, is, is very toxic, super toxic, and it, it's a lot of pressure. Um, and you have to give your children um, space to find out just who they are, right. you know, um, and who they want to be. Uh, because that's that's truthfully the most important thing, you know, is give them the room to ex express themselves and not put yourself on them. Um, and then that's where the pre right. We all have our, mm -hmm. our, our we all are, have our gifts, right? Yeah. We've all being given different things. Like my parents are mm -hmm. educators. Um, I mm -hmm. love that part, but that's not my gift. And imagine if they right. take my life to really direct me to something other than what was instilled in me, what was given. Right. Um, and so such an important piece in understanding or having that fervor to not be selfish because we're all self-interested. Um, but mm -hmm. really finding where that line is between selfish and self mm -hmm. and really towing the line to ensure that we're not coming over. Mm -hmm. my so I'm sorry. Somebody asked what's in my glasses. Of course, you know what it is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, so, I'm glad that we're having this, this specific conversation because there are a lot of people out there um, and truthfully, who may not even want to have kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have friends who don't want to have children, but they're saying like, oh my God, Terrence, you don't understand. My family's pushing, they're pushing. It's so, it's so, you know, offensive. It, you know, they don't understand. I don't want kids. I, it's just not what I want, but they're pushing and they push. And they're like, it's almost like I just want to have a baby because I want to shut them up. And I'm like, Please, don't do that. Yeah. Um, you want to be able to, if you want to bring life into this world, bring it because you want to have it, right? That's you might, cause some, like that's. I find we don't hmm? take that serious enough. That's a huge responsibility. You are huge with the responsibility of growing, teaching, grooming um, a life <laughs> with its yeah. own dreams and its own feelings, and we are having mm -hmm. a hard time with our own, right? And so having mm -hmm. to sit here and help. A little person understand what that means and what that looks like is such such a unique um, and, and I think profound responsibility. I certainly mm -hmm. um, marvel at it all the time, right? I, I don't have any, any mm -hmm. children, um, and I'm not going to answer any questions to anybody who's asking why or if I should, but um, mm -hmm. I think it's a unique and a, a big responsibility, and I don't know that we give enough light to just what that truly calls for, and I think it's mm -hmm. all the time because we're not we haven't been taught to think about it as being such an awesome responsibility as much as we've been taught to think it's just a duty that we have in the mm -hmm. world. Um, and I think uh, mm -hmm. both the space for all of that to exist at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and we can talk about, you know, the flip side of, you know, the, the pressures of really navigating through family and, um, you know, that, that corporate piece that we were talking about earlier, like, when do you, mm -hmm. pick? how do you choose? What does that look like? How do you balance? Can you have it all? Um, I, I, I hear that in my circles more often than not, that we discuss that. Mm -hmm. And listen, the, the, the late Tupac Shakur said, since a man can't make one, well, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, since a man can't make one, right? It's like, we shouldn't be able to tell somebody, you know what I'm saying, when and when and how that they should create one, right? Like, like that's the rhyme, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? But he said that, but that shouldn't just apply to men. That's, that should apply to your family, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, it shouldn't just apply. Right? I think two people... Right. Here's the thing. I think um, I don't sit here and lose light to the idea of the man's responsibility in in, in creating life and nurturing. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't lose sight of that, right? Right. Our responsibilities in the process are different, but there are still responsibilities mm -hmm. on both ends. Um, yeah. I think um, 
you know, I don't think anybody gets to tell any person when, where, how, or what have you that they should make that decision. I but they do. Definitely people, right, right. And that's, mm -hmm. that's where we have to stop that, right? I, mm -hmm. I, I have no issues whatsoever boldly stepping out and saying, pardon me, but that's not, that's not for your conversation. You haven't earned the right enough to have that conversation with me. Um, just and like, I admire that. <laughs> um, that I, I get to say that. You know, there are very few people who have earned the right enough to speak to me and um, even question some of those topics. And I mm -hmm. think safely a lot of people know not to, so I don't get that a lot. But um, I, I do think it's something that, um, that no one gets to really own for any person outside of themselves. Mm -hmm. really. So when it I comes to mental... That some people need some pressure. You hold your pressure, okay? <laughs> nah, no pressure here, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, so... When it comes to, to mental health, like what are some of your best mental health practices? Because for me, um, I like journaling. You know what I'm saying? I know some people like what men journal. That's like it's not like a dear diary thing. You know what I'm saying? I like to journal, right? I like to get it out. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, what's some of your best practices? To be quite frank, yeah, um, there are a couple of them because um, I go back into the, the need that I have for my emotional health and really getting to learn and over time understand what that felt like. Um, and I'll mm -hmm. take that in. Um, I tend to be very vulnerable in, in some of my experiences and sometimes maybe too, and I, and I need to, to find safety in that. But um, there are a few things that I identify for myself that feel like a replenishing. You know, mm -hmm. you give a lot of yourself in, into the world. And so for me, especially in all of that happened in, with COVID, and mm -hmm. with, I felt like the world went through a very crazy roller coaster ride. And roller coasters are fun, so it's not even the most appropriate term. But from coming into the year really hopeful that the year was going to be great to going to Kobe passing away, and that was like, Ooh, um, that hit me. And COVID and just the, the depression of that piece to then getting angry with George Floyd and all of the racial upheaval that we've just um, seen more plastered in our faces. Mm hmm. And, Having sitting in, in a space with executives where I was constantly being called to be part of these conversations, lead these conversations, and I was finding after a time that I hadn't created space for my own feelings because I was yep. busy speaking to a lot of my white counterparts about their feelings. Of Race. Their yep. Feelings. Yep. I don't want to say the wrong things or sitting mm -hmm. in the conversations and leading panel discussions. And so I do know for me that I got time to understand what does it feel like to be replenished when you're not mm -hmm. replenished. So one of my things is travel. It's always been. Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it was a, a fad. It was always a thing for me. And mm -hmm. that, that now I, I, I'm not able to do it the way I would like to. So there goes that. Right. Writing was, was a thing for me. I think I started that in like the seventh grade. Here's the problem mm -hmm. I found that I have with doing the journaling. I do it, and there's so many thoughts that are moving so mm -hmm. rapidly and rampantly up here that it just seems that the thoughts are coming way faster than I could write them. I will write a book in my head, okay? Literally, I have page two written, and mm -hmm. I'm just writing, you know, the first sentence of page one. And so that became mm -hmm. a challenge, and um, finding different ways. I think this is where great connection comes to play. So I do write from time to time, but certainly understanding and identifying. I had some great conversations today with some friends of mine about, you know, friend, best friend, different levels of friendship. And right. being, to, being able to have those dialogues that afford you the ability to really share and yeah. do what you're feeling. So you kind of get it out there. So it's not just sitting with you. 
or you're not mm -hmm. just having a conversation, which I call the rumble, right? From Renee, yep. rumble in your head about what you're thinking, what you're feeling, but you're able to express mm -hmm. that outwardly. And whether it's to have a person listen, to share, to, to give insight or what have you. So for me, it's that on, a, on work days, like, like yesterday was one of those days where people sometimes don't understand. I will, I will stop working whenever that kind of happens or pause, if you will. And mm -hmm. um, no TV, no phone, no, nothing. I'll just lay on the floor. And I could lay mm -hmm. on the floor for probably an hour, just laying on the floor. And mm -hmm. there's nothing, it's just great to just be in what I call nothingness. Um, right. Well, but um, I think certainly dialogue with friends, um, certainly writing does help. And um, just nothingness, That that those are some of my things mm -hmm. for my emotional health. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm working on pieces like being able to really ask for what I want and need. Um, right. Because also a crippling thing of what what do I require right now and mm -hmm. is what I'm doing or saying really helping me get it because sometimes it's really just that I need a hug I just need a hug I don't mean to cut you I don't mean to cut you there's we have about two minutes left um if you guys want us to continue this conversation just let us know in the comments um okay. if so not you're, then you're a dear friend of mine so I do this for free with you, but um, oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if you want us to continue to, uh, this conversation, then um, you know, just 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 let us know. Um, if not, then we got about a, um, a minute left, and then uh, and then that could be it. So I guess if you want to finish your thoughts, you got a few seconds. Okay. All right, I'm about to catch right. up up here, guys. No, I'm kidding. All right, so look, I mean, people are saying to keep going. Um, so rather that, then um, I'll we start the live in a couple minutes, um, and uh, I'll post this part, and then I'll come right back on, and then we could continue right where you left off. Yeah, let's hope my uh, Verizon FiOS keeps working. Uh, I wasn't going to say nothing, but I wasn't going to say nothing since since you brought that up. That that's. That, so on you. I want to put that out there as a disclaimer, right? That let's just hope that that keeps us keeps going. Did we cover? All our right, cool. Huh? Did we cover our topics or no? I'm not sure where we went. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did, but there's still some more. Um, so I'll restart the live in a couple minutes. Um, and we'll go from from, from there, right? I'll get a new bottle. Thanks. I'll get some more water. <laughs> All right. See y'all in a couple minutes. All right. All right.